0: Hi, time hackers, I'm Jacques, and I'm absolutely obsessed with everything about time. Time hacks, tips, and tools. I wanna squeeze every minute out of my schedule and make the most out of life. I've co-founded numerous startups, including Stacks, a tech unicorn valued at over a billion dollars. Constantly having lots of irons in the fire, while my wife and I raised three kids, has required me to develop a lot of time management and self-reflection skills. On this podcast, I'll discuss some of the things that have helped me. More importantly, we'll learn together by interviewing fascinating people that have their own perspectives on time. Welcome to the Taking Your Time Podcast. Hey Time Hackers, this is Jacques with the Taking Your Time Podcast. I'm here with uh, Greg Pollack. Greg is a uh, nurturing father. A devoted lover, dependable friend, and inspiring teacher. I can attest to all of those except for the lover part. Um, He (laughs) teaches immersive workshops, uh, which lead to more self-compassion and love. And recently, he's become a professional cuddlist. We're going to learn all about that. I promise it will be PG-13 because I want to know what is the perfect cuddle? How long should it be? Can I use my phone? All those questions uh, (laughs) I'm sure we'll get to today. Greg was, you know, an inspiration uh, for me personally, one of the, you know, first exits, uh, acquisitions uh, companies that were acquired here in Orlando um, and kind of sparked the tech scene here. So um, Greg, how are you doing today? I am sweaty. Honestly,
1: I just got back from working out. So, but I'm feeling I'm uh, pretty, pretty good. So I've got some energy in me. I've got my green juice right here. So I'm ready.
0: That's awesome. Whatever's what Whatever's happening, and I have no idea what's going to happen. Well, from coding to cuddling, um, I have to ask, coding what was what was your journey like? How did you get from point A to point B? I know that's a, a, a big leap, and uh, I'm sure the audience will be interested. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: how did it get from one to the other? In building Code School, building businesses, NV Labs Code School, I ended up, Towards the end, getting deeper and deeper is something that I realized I had a passion for, which was psychology. And at the same time, I was doing my own work. And really, since I left school and started other companies, I dove even deeper into self-awareness, into Unprogramming all of the programs that society and our parents give us so lovingly that keep us from living our most balanced, happiest, and most peaceful life. And it's been amazing to me how deep the rabbit hole goes. There is so much programming we can do with our brain, which can lead us to to even more pleasure and happiness. Because when it comes down to it, like, you know, as as horny as it sounds, you only live once.
0: We're having some audio issues at this point in the podcast. So, Greg is going to switch microphones. Yeah. So, um,
1: when I was building companies, I cared so much about creating a work environment where people felt listened to, heard, where they could thrive and have fun and, you know, become, you know, and really enjoy themselves. And that led me into psychology, really the psychology of the workspace. And then led me to workshops. That really allowed me to understand myself better, figure out where my perception is not reality, figure out where I'm not allowing myself to live my happiest life, where I'm not open, where I'm not feeling my feelings. And so, you know, and that's, I was been amazed still on that journey of unprogramming, still programming, but at this point, I'm unprogramming all of the habits and the traumas and doing a lot of healing so that I can live my most authentic, healthy life. And in so doing and going into that, you know, I've learned about myself. I've learned about love languages. Everybody should learn about love languages. And I've learned that one of my biggest love languages is touch. This body loves touch. I had parents that were very loving and nurturing as I was growing up. And I found that this body has a hard time feeling its feelings, letting go of emotion, whether it's anger or frustration or hurt the easiest way for me to let that energy flow out is with touch is with loving touch. And normally I would get that from my romantic partners, but I came to realize like, if I'm depending on one person to meet that need, well, that can be dangerous because then I'm over dependent or I can even be codependent on this other person. And so that led me to other communities and workshops where I found myself getting nurturing, loving touch, not sexual touch, but loving touch from other people. And then that led me to this website called Cuddless.com, where you could pay somebody to give you that nurturing touch. And I was like, oh, this is cool. This is kind of like paying someone for a massage, but it's just about getting like nurturing, loving cuddles. And so I found myself in cities where they had cuddle lists, you know, often this was after a heartbreak, I'd get my heart broken, I'd find myself in New York, and then I'd be like, oh, I'm going to pay someone to come cuddle with me. So I'd pay someone some money, they show up in my hotel room, I would get to lay in their lap, and they get to, you know, like, run their hands through my hair, and like, cuddle me, or hold me, hug me, spoon me, get to spoon them, and just like, fill up on this nurturing, non-sexual touch where afterwards, I would just feel so much better. I would feel so full in a way that wasn't, you know, attached. And it's, it's beautiful. That's beautiful in a couple of ways. One of which is that it's so loving. And what I mean by loving is like self-loving. Because to get to, you know, when I go get a massage, I, I show up, I pay someone money, and it's just about me receiving I get to just receive. I don't have to worry about taking care of someone else's needs. And how awesome is that to like be able to be in a cuddly environment? I get to ask for exactly the cuddles that I want. I pay somebody. I don't have to worry about their mental well-being, physical well-being, what kind of cuddles they want. It can be all about me. And that's just so loving of
0: myself. I think a lot of people can relate to the uh, the massage analogy just it's basically the same thing, but without the uh, pain or discomfort of sometimes a massage. <laughs> yeah, totally. But you know, I, I'm I'm curious. But, you know, this show is obviously about time. It's not just time hacks, but sort of like the philosophy of it and, and how it affects your life. Like, how how long did it take for you to come to this epiphany? Like, was it a slow thing, or did something just snap one day? and The uh, realization that you sort of needed to, you know, deprogram, uh, yourself? <laughs>
1: well, you know, I think, uh, love languages are really important for everybody to, to understand. And, you know, I've probably found it through, through a friend or a therapist. Um, it's really important to know what, um, how you like to receive love, not only from your lovers, but from your friends even. So like, there's what? There's touch. There's words of affirmation. There's um, acts of service. There's gifts, and there's one more. What am I missing? That doesn't matter. Right. But anyways, it's really important to figure out what uh, what I am because the problem with being human is I assume that the way that everybody else wants to receive love is the way I want to receive love. So you can easily get in a relationship where you're where there's a mismatch. And it's like, wait a second, wait, I'm, I'm, I, can't you see how much I love you? I'm giving you so much touch, or I've given you so many gifts, can't you see how much I love you? And then it turns out that what they really want is, is words of affirmation. They really want to hear that you, they're appreciated more so than touch or gifts. Oh, I'm the one that wants touch or gifts. And so um, I think it's really important to identify those so that um, if you care about being a better lover or a better friend, or even a better parent, it's important to understand what are your kids' love languages as well. Do they really appreciate gifts, or acts of service, or words of affirmation, or touch? Um, and there's even there's online quizzes that you can take if you're interested in this to really learn what you are. I think there's even um, quizzes that you can have your kids take. I need to do that with my kids to see if they. Um, but I feel like you kind of if you can think about it hard enough as a parent, you kind of know. You can try different things, and you kind of know what. Uh, what's really meaningful to them. But that's great. It I gotta, changes.
0: Yeah. I got to figure out with, with my kids, what their love languages are. That's a, that's a really good, uh, really good idea. Certainly you can, essentially you can waste time trying to express yourself in the wrong way. Um, and you know, um, that, that lack of connection is, is kind of wasted opportunities, right? Um, yeah, totally. So, okay. So I have, I have to ask then what, What from a professional Cuddlist, Because I, I this will probably this is the first professional Cuddlist we've had on the show. (laughs) Um, What what is a perfect cuddle? Like, can it can it be can it be quick if I'm short on time, or is there like a minimum amount of time that you really need? Let me talk a little more about that. So I found that
1: I you know really enjoyed. Uh, being, you know, having a receiving cuddles. And then I created Orlando's uh, cuddle party. And so we have a cuddle party thing, which might be a whole other conversation. And then I realized, oh, maybe I should become a cuddlist so that I can help people in the same way they've helped me. So um, to do that, you know, I took their online course and you could do all this stuff just to sort of vet you out to make sure that, you know, and they have lots of rules so that you set a safe space for people so people feel comfortable. They could ask for the kind of cuddles that they. Um, want. And so when I set up a, a cuddle space and somebody comes to me, we go over the rules, we set boundaries, we talk, we have some agreements with each other to make sure it's a really safe space. And that's really important when you're creating a space for somebody to cuddle with you that they feel safe, like they can speak their mind, like either of us can speak up if anything is uncomfortable at any time. Um, and you know, when people show up, usually there's some, there's some nerves. I definitely was nervous the first time I went and saw a cuddleist. but your question was, um, what is the perfect cuddle? The perfect cuddle is exactly what your heart desires and nobody and everybody has a different uh, opinion about what that needs and what kind of cuddle they need. And certainly what people have preferences You know, it's going to feel different cuddling with certain people than others. There are going to be certain positions. And so one thing that um, I encourage people who come and hire me to be a cuddlist is I talk to them about that this is kind of their laboratory. It's their opportunity to try different positions. And I use that word try. Like, and I encourage them to say, can we try this? Okay, let's try that. Okay, I'm not sure that felt right. Okay, let's try something else. So I encourage people to try different cuddling positions to figure out what feels the most pleasant. And something might feel pleasant for five minutes. Oh, okay, I'm ready for something else. Um, So it's really, you know, the best cuddle is one where you're allowed to try lots of things and figure out what works best for you in the moment, which could change from one hour to the next or one week to the next.
0: What do you recommend as like a next step for someone who is sort of interested in seeing, you know, is is this my love language? Like what sort of general advice would you give the audience? Sure. Um well, if you're like me <laughs>
1: and your body likes a lot of touch and there's been times over the last year where you felt lonely and kind of starved for for touch or wanting to be held or wanting to be hugged, then honestly, I think the best thing to do is to keep an eye out uh, for my consent and cuddles event. So honestly, I think the best thing for you like, is number one, look for this event. I'll send you the link for the next one. And this is basically a three-hour event, a public event, where we invite, we get usually about 15 to 20 people, usually have it at somebody's home, and we spend the first hour and a half teaching consent, teaching people um, why it's a gift to say no, practicing saying no, practicing asking for what we want, And, and we create this safe public environment where eventually you're welcome to ask for hugs, and ask for even more cuddles in this public environment that I think could feel safer to more people than a private environment, at least at first. Some people are different, though. If you feel like you'd be more comfortable in a private environment, then um, go to Cuddlist.com. We actually have two different Cuddlists in, in Orlando, but they're all over the United States. And on there, you can learn more about what it's like to hire a Cuddlist, You can look at the descriptions of the cuddle list and maybe find somebody who you'd like to reach out to. And you might feel, you know, you might be in a place right now that you feel abundant with touch. You might have a partner right now, but I find this is something that's great to keep in mind for the times in my life where I do feel lonely or I'm going through a separation or I'm grieving. This is an opportunity to be especially gentle and loving with myself, where it might be a great opportunity to reach out and have somebody hold me while I cry.
0: oh thanks, thanks for sharing that. I, I think that would be really helpful to a lot of people out there. Um, you know, I'm just kind of curious. you've had a lot of different experiences, both in the tech world, as an entrepreneur, um teaching others and and now in sort of your current uh, you know career. What is an example of something that people would be surprised? about how long it takes
1: since we're on this kind of topic. The first thing I think of is um, really healing childhood trauma and um, living a more peaceful, balanced life and really learning about psychology and learning about this brain and how it operates and getting to the point to which I can My reaction time when I get triggered goes low. I'm able to feel my feelings and I'm feeling them so that I can show up more authentically to create more loving relationships. And I'm like, how long it takes? It takes forever. (laughs) There is no point at which I'm going to arrive and go, okay, I have been enlightened and now I don't get triggered. I don't get defensive. I show up lovingly to everybody and I'm able to communicate in a way that is effective and uh, nurturing and connective. Like There is no point where this human is going to be evolved to the point from which I am going to, when well, I'm done. <laughs> Yeah, but what's beautiful about that is that means like this journey of unlearning that my perception is not reality, of learning where I um, have biases in the way that I perceive the world, and learning where I get triggered and how that's about me, and learning how I co-create in my life, and I actually draw people into my life that trigger the fuck out of me in order to evolve as a human in order to grow as a human, you know, to start learning that relationships are where we go to evolve. Some people think relationships are where we go, like, so we can get love and sex. <laughs> and that might be partially true, but it's not, I don't think it's the most helpful perspective. It's true. And our relationship is where we go to evolve and grow. Because that's where we're gonna get the most triggered when we're raw and open and vulnerable to somebody and they bring out all of these traumas that our parents programmed us with
0: that drive us freaking crazy.
1: Sometimes unintentionally.
0: Work. <laughs> sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally.
1: <laughs> and can we come to terms with the parts of us that are still young, that are still stuck in old patterns? Can we be accountable for ourselves? Can we be accountable for our whole lives? Like, What happens if I adopt the idea that I am 100% responsible for everything that happens in my life, outside of me? What if everything is a choice? We live so much of our lives feeling like the world has control over us and things happen outside of our control and it's not very useful to think that way
0: i follow um quite a bit of uh stoicism uh and in in my readings and you know i there's there's a lot to relate to there especially the part about this control that we have and sort of the the you know negative feelings that um you know we we place upon ourselves and i think it's really inspirational too you know i kind of started this conversation, like this length of time. And you're essentially alluding that it's a lifetime journey. And I think for a lot of people, that's a, that's a pretty big release, right? Because we have a habit, I think, in, um, at least in some of the circles that I run and and kind of America, there's like this uh, pressure to just get over things, right? Like, oh, you have, uh, you know, this issue that you're working on. Well, you know, go see a therapist or don't get to see a therapist, like, you know, get over it um, and, and kind of move on with your life. Whereas I think what you're describing is more of a process of, you know, acknowledging where you are and then integrating that into, you know, this continuous uh, improvement, right?
1: Yeah. There's never going to be a silver bullet or a pill I can take to get
0: over things. Well, Tell me about your morning routine. Like, do you have any any things that sort of rituals that you do to get you prepared for the day? How long does it yeah. sort of take?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I take a while for my morning routine when I'm home. I usually work out. I go from there to an ice bath. I take like everything in my freezer, I dump it into the bath. Wow. Um, take an ice bath. I love that. I mean, that just my body loves that. I take an ice bath, I take a lukewarm shower. I go underneath. I have a like a, a, a full um, body length heating pad. I go in the heating pad. I usually put on my headphones. I do like a thirty minute meditation with breath work. So I breathe. I end up I stop breathing. So I get to the point where I can stop breathing for about three minutes. From ice minute. bath
0: to heating pad.
1: Ice bath shower sounds a little bit like, like torture. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. My body fucking loves it. Um, so I go in there and I sit in the heating pad. I do meditate at the same time. By the time that's done, I feel amazing. Then I'll do like juice or slime juice. And then I'll, um, at that point, I will start to get to work with whatever that means. It could mean work. It could mean connecting with friends. It could mean planning the next trip or the next uh, vacation or self-awareness retreat. Um, When I can take my time, I usually take about
0: an hour and a half to two hours. Cool. That's awesome. Well, I'm definitely going to have to try. I I have not done an ice bath before. Um, I've tried heating pads and things like that, but not a full body one. Where where would you get something like that? Oh, I forget the brand, but you can find them on amazon.com.
1: I've got the fancy schmancy one where it actually has like Rocks, different types of rocks inside the pad, and so the heat is heating up the rocks and the rocks against your body, so that it's a little more like a like if you like a stone massage, you know, it's like yeah. having stones against your back. So it's a real deep heat, which I really like. And these days, I've ended up what I end up doing right now is I end up putting a heat, another heating pad on my front and another on my back, and so because I come out of the the cold bath um, and my body is cold to go under heat at that point feels like so wonderful. It's like a full body hug, right? I'm just like, my body just loves it. So it helps me balance for the day.
0: I have, a, um, not quite the same thing, but I have a weighted, uh, blanket that I just, I have a, it's really nice. Like, uh, it, it kind of has the opposite though. Cause it's like filled with, um, I think like, uh, like metal pieces. So it actually pulls, I feel like pulls heat away from the body and kind of like mm-hmm. keeps you cool at night. So, uh, but the way I get, you know, it's, it's the pressure I like at night. It's it's actually uh, a really, really nice. Well, thanks for sharing that. You know, something I also ask uh, the, the guests on the show is, you know, do you have a favorite um, time saver, like something that makes you feel more efficient? What tip would you sort of give the audience?
1: Yeah. Um, I would say the biggest thing that I found the most useful is at the end of the day, um, getting a post-it note or a journal, um, and writing out all the things that I want to accomplish the next day. I find it really gratifying to write out what are all the things I need to get accomplished tomorrow, including any like meetings that I have. And once I write that all out, I kind of go through and, um, prioritize Right. I feel like prioritization is really important. So I, you know, go through like one, two, three, four, five. And I'll take that post-it note. I'll either put it on my bedside table or put it on my laptop I'm still over at my desk. And I'll kind of look at that and go, okay, that's that's what I'm doing tomorrow. And it gives myself permission to like let go. Right. Now I don't have to worry about what's going on tomorrow. I've got it all planned out. I can wake up, do my morning routine, sit down at my desk. And at that point, I don't have to think, uh, what am I doing? Uh, what are all the things that I need to do? Uh, what should I do first? I don't know what's most important. It's pretty awesome to be able to sit down and go, okay, I've got it. Let's that do one it. first go.
0: Okay. Important question. You realize in the morning you, you got a good night's rest and you forgot something. Do you change the list or do you go with what you said you were going to do?
1: Oh sure, I'll add stuff to the list all the time, um, and it's important to allow that. Especially, you know, uh, going into a meditation. Um, oftentimes, I will coach people. Um, if I'm have leading a meditation, I'll say, you know, get a post-it note, like write down all those things that are in your mind. Like this was not meant to be a storage device. It's a computation machine. It's not a storage device. So if you can get all those things out of your brain onto a piece of paper. It makes more room to do what your brain is meant to do, which is not store things. So at any point in time, if I think, oh, I need to do this thing, write it down so I don't have to try to hold it in my mind.
0: No, that's really good. I have n- not thought about that. You're right. I mean, I have a horrible memory, so I'm going to blame it on the fact that it's I'm using it the wrong way. So. <laughs> Um, and that, that stuff,
1: you know, the kind of stuff I was talking about and the stuff is like, is old product. Like that was from like, what getting things done from like 15 years ago? Like all of the, this is all old ideas.
0: Well, listen, Greg, I really appreciate your time today. It was, uh, an absolute pleasure. Is there anything else that you'd like to, to share with the audience? Is there any way that we can help you or if people wanted to get in touch with you? Um, how, how would they do that?
1: Yeah. um, Well, the best way to get in touch with me is just by email, just gregpollock at gmail.com. Like I said, keep an eye on the Cuddles and Consent event, if that sounds interesting. Um, Also, if you ever get to a point in your life where you're like, something's not working and I want to make a change, feel free to reach out. (laughs) I've done so many things from therapy to, um, week-long workshops, and I've seen, you know, what these are best for. So I kind of know where to send people when they're ready to really level up their brain hardware and really make a difference, make a change, right? Because it's like all about, you go to one of these week-long workshops and you make a 5 to 10% change, which means like you're 5% happier for the rest of your life. That's a pretty big deal. You go to many workshops, you know, those percentages start to add up. You become more your life just becomes a lot more happy. I've gotten done that myself and I'd be happy to share that knowledge with individuals.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you uh, very much for offering that. And thanks again for coming on the show. It's just been an absolute pleasure and also appreciate, you know, the friendship and mentorship over the years as well. So thank you. Yeah, no
1: problem. Great to be here.
0: Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you liked it. If you could do me a favor, if you enjoyed the show and you think others would benefit from it, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or however you listen. Reviews are the number one way other listeners find out about the show. Thank you for listening. And remember, life is how you choose to spend your time. Please use it wisely.